Community Cats podcast. Ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Community Cats podcast. I am your host, Stacey LeBaron. I have been involved helping homeless cats for over 20 years with the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society. The goal of this podcast is to expose you to amazing people who are improving the lives of cats. I hope these interviews will help you learn how you can turn your passion for cats into action. Today, we're speaking with Taryn Hollish. Taryn is the Director of Development and Marketing at Pima Animal Care Center. She was hired in March of 2014 to start the development program for the center, which is the government-run open admission animal shelter for Pima County, Arizona. At that time, the shelter took in nearly 24,000 pets each year, and it had a save rate of about 74%. In three years, Karen's program raised more than nearly $4 million to help the shelter, as well as more than $1.3 million in critical in-kind support, including the Community Cats Project grant from Best Friends Animal Society and PetSmart Charities. The investments Karen has cultivated have helped catapult the organization's save rate to 90%. When she's not hustling for donations, she's probably hiking, taekwondo training, or snuggling her diabetic wiener dog, Max. Karen, I'd like to welcome you to the show. Thank you so much for having me. This is quite an honor. So, Karen, I was wondering if you might be willing to share a little bit about your own personal story and how you got started in animal welfare. So in a former life, I was a newspaper reporter, and one of my jobs took me to the U.S. Virgin Island of St. Thomas, and I was immediately struck on St. Thomas by the vast number of homeless pets, and there were basically packs of dogs roaming everywhere and just hundreds, if not thousands, of community cats that weren't being very well looked after. So I started volunteering at the local Humane Society there doing marketing and press release writing and fundraising, and I've never looked back. Wow. So you saw a need and a desire, and you felt like you had a skill that you could bring, and you just jumped right in. Pretty much, yes. I got my first job here in Tucson at the local Humane Society and just kept going with it. Can you share with us a little bit about FEMA Animal Care Center and the various programs that you have? Yes. So we're the big county shelter in Pima County, Arizona, and we cover almost 9,000 square feet. So we're probably, Pima County is probably even bigger than some of the states where your listeners are currently residing. So we take in nearly 19,000 pets a year these days, and we take in everybody. We never turn away a pet in need. So we provide animal sheltering services for our community. We provide adoption services. We fund low-cost and free spay-neuter. And we also have an enforcement division that protects pets and people. So we have the law enforcement arm in our community, too, with regard to companion animal issues. So back in March of 2014, when you started working there, what was the community cats program like at the shelter? We didn't have one. And I came in really ignorant about these issues because I've always been in fundraising and not really boots on the ground. So when we came in, when I started in March of 2014, we were euthanizing nearly 1,600 community cats each year. And our save rate for cats overall was really abysmal. It was less than 50%. So things weren't going well for cats at our shelter. 
And it wasn't until we received an opportunity from Best Friends Animal Society to start a really aggressive community cats project that we were able to turn all that around. So what convinced you? I mean, did you, was it from Best Friends or from other sources that convinced you to, or convinced your organization to start this program? I think before I even came on board, local cat kits in our community and volunteers knew that this wasn't right. Staff members knew it wasn't right. They didn't like to be euthanizing dozens of cats a day. And so everyone was advocating for change, but no one had any money to pay for it. So it wasn't until Best Friends came to town and said, hey, this is what we've done in other communities. This is what we want to do in your community, and we're going to pay for more than half of it, are you in, that we were able to get everyone on board and make it happen. So really the game changer was just about money. I mean, I'm trying to think about our takeaways is, you know, you could figure out the staffing, how to make the project work, but really money is what makes the world go around and was the name of the game on this one? So Best Friends, the three-year-long Community Cats Project grant is valued at about $1 million. And it's all an in-kind contribution. So Mm. they basically donated three full-time staff, two vans, and a bunch of traps and other supplies to our shelter. And then we helped pay for, over the three-year grant period, about $600,000 worth of surgery for Community Cats. So even if Best Friends had given us a million dollars cash and said, here, do this program, I still don't think we would have been able to do it, at least not in any sort. We would have eventually, but what Best Friends brought us was expertise. They gave us three trained staff who already knew how to do TNR, who had done it in other communities and who were experts in this. They brought us a network of experts in within Best Friends administration from all over the country. Basically, they brought the program to us and they started executing it. So I think that in other communities, you might be able to lean on your local experts in TNR to start a program like this in your county shelter. Uh, for us, taking in that many cats a year and not being able to save very many of them, we just weren't in a good place to like get the program off the ground ourselves. We needed not only the resources, we needed them in the form of trained staff. Just to get a better understanding of your statistics, you said you've gone from 24,000 pets in 2014, mm-hmm. and now you're intaking 19,000. Now, Can you break that down between dogs and cats? Yeah, it's about 65% dogs and then uh, the remainder are cats. So we are serving more dogs than cats at this time. But I find that an interesting dynamic because where I'm from in the Northeast, it's always been a much higher number of cats served than dogs in the statistics. So I wanted to just make sure for our listeners to know that you're serving a higher number of dogs. Um, Oh, yes, about... 12,000 a year or so. Okay. So so when you're talking about 1,600 community cats, that's of looking at the whole total of about 7,000 cats um, or Correct. a little bit more than that. So we're talking we're not, about 20%, per, 20% of the cats taken in or so. And so from that standpoint, when you had the Community Cats Project grant, did you, you obviously saw that 1,600 cat number go basically down to hardly anything or zero, I would assume. Correct. And your your overall cat intake numbers must have gone down too in the in that period of time. Yes. We are almost our three year long grant with Best Friends Animal Society has almost run out and our cat admission numbers have dropped by more than twenty five percent since the program started. And that's happening for a few reasons. 
Um, it's happening because fractious community cats don't even come into our shelter. They go right to our trap and return staff members at Best Friends and get altered, ear-tipped, and returned to their outdoor homes. It's happening because we've done a really aggressive spay and neuter effort. Um, the goal of, of the Best Friends Community Cats Project has been to fix 5,000 cats a year. So we are having fewer kittens be born. And then we're just, because we're not, our staff isn't summarily euthanizing 1,600 cats a year, which takes a lot of time and a lot of bandwidth, we're able to put more of our resources into pet retention programming and helping people keep their pets instead of surrender them to the shelter. So all of these things have led to an increase in our cat save rate to 90% these days and a decrease in our overall cat admission numbers by about 25%. So it's pretty awesome. When I look back at how things have changed at Pima Animal Care Center since I started, there are really two pivotal moments. One was the hiring of a new veterinarian who's just completely committed to saving every possible savable pet. So she's made a huge difference. And then the other is the Community Cats Project, because not only has it helped us save thousands of cats a year, it has helped us redirect resources into other life-saving programs, and it has helped us attract new investments from other donors who really like seeing what we've done with Community Cats with Best Friends Help. That's fantastic. So the save rate for the cats went from like about 50% up towards 90% over the course of the last three years. Is that what you're saying? Correct. That's phenomenal. It is. Congratulations. Thank you so much. And, and, you know, we just had to be open to the opportunity when it came to us. And we were really fortunate that we had this opportunity. And those from day one, though, as soon as the program started, those 1,600 community cats who were being euthanized each year, zero were euthanized, basically. Maybe right. just a, right. a handful who were egregiously injured to the point where we couldn't save them. So that was just like an instant burden lifted off of our staff who had to do that terrible job and just like an instant increase in the number of cats we were saving. So this program, I know that Best Friends is doing mentorships in other cities right now. And if any listeners from other animal welfare organizations are out there and, and they have an opportunity with Best Friends to partner in any way on a community cats project, I would say wholeheartedly do it. If you like the Community Cats podcast, and would like to help promote Community Cats in your state, then we need you. We're looking for a couple of people from each state to be Community Cats ambassadors. What do you get by being an ambassador? You'll be mailed a promo kit of items to use to help promote the show at any event that you attend in your state. If you don't attend many events, hey, that's okay too. Do you have a network of people that love Community Cats? You can help with emailing groups in your state to let them know about the CCP and offer them the benefit of Community Cat swag. The more we can spread the word about the show, the more we can do to help cats across the country. Please email Stacy S-T-A-C-Y, at communitycatspodcast.com if you'd like to represent your state. Thank you. I want to hear from you what the Community Cats podcast means to you. You can now leave a recorded testimonial on the Community Cats Podcast website and share your thoughts about the show. You can also ask questions, share show ideas, pretty much anything you want. Just go to www.communitycatspodcast.com and click on the testimonial link and record. You hear from me all of the time, and now I want to hear from you. Thank you. 
from the standpoint of being in Arizona and coming from the Northeast, we've been under the impression that, you know, there's a lot of community cat struggles in Arizona. Have you been able to share some of your efforts with this program in areas outside of the county? You know, I personally have not. Maybe now that we're getting more of a handle on caring for the pets in our shelter, we'll be able to get out there and do more outreach like that. Now, we are sort of perpetually under-resourced, so we're always struggling to take care of the pets we have in, in our shelter, and we're always over capacity. So we haven't been able to do as much of that proactive teaching and outreach, but we would love to. Right. And I mean, I would think about looking forward to the future. What do you see as the future for community cats going forward? Well, in our community, we're fully committed to keeping this program going. So we were really fortunate to have received a generous planned gift from a woman about one and a half years ago. And immediately when we received this gift, we budgeted a portion of it to keep this program going for another three years. And now we're involved in another fundraising campaign to keep it going beyond that. So while we have to scratch together the resources to keep it going, we're not going to ever let this program go away. We can't go backwards. We can't go back to killing those cats. We can't go back to letting the community cats proliferate. And so we here in Pima County learned very quickly that this program has tremendous value and that we have to keep it going in perpetuity. In terms of a larger statewide level, we'd be glad to always serve as advocates for programs like this. We hope every municipal shelter in Arizona can do something like this because it has deeply improved the lives of cats in our community, the adoptable cats in our shelter have so much more room now to stretch their legs when they stay with us. Um, When I first started, we had every cat in a little tiny kennel. Because of the success of the Community Cats Project, we were able to portalize each kennel. And so, except when we're in, you know, periods of extreme space crisis, which is fewer and fewer days now, cats have separate areas now for eating and sleeping and going to the bathroom. So, this program has not only helped us save outdoor community cats. It's helped us provide a better experience to the cats in our shelter. So we're never going to let it go away in Pima County. And we, we're committed to serving as an example for other municipal shelters in Arizona and the country so that they can do the same thing in their community. Karen, I'm going to um, turn the tables a little bit and uh, share a story. This is how I got introduced to your organization, which there's a video floating around out there in the ether about your foster care program and having bottle-fed foster kittens in a memory-challenged home and the great results that they've gotten from that program. Would you be able to share a little bit about that? Absolutely. We we started a foster pilot program late last year in which we took tiny orphan kittens to a memory care center and the residents and staff worked together to bottle feed the kittens and get them through that critical time. You know, we are, like many open admission county shelters, always struggling to find enough foster homes for orphan kittens. And even though our community cats project has been so successful, we still get orphan kittens. So these residents took care of the kittens, took ownership over them and helped them grow big and strong enough to come back to the shelter and get spayed and neutered and be placed up for adoption. The kittens emerged from this program among the most socialized cats I've ever experience because they were touched and handled and loved by so many different people. And the residents 
these, these are folks who are struggling with things like Alzheimer's and dementia. They were remembering things from their childhood that were just astounding. You know, these are folks who can't remember things. And when they were holding the kittens, they would recall childhood pets and they would recall how with their spouse, they had owned a dog. Uh, they would recall memories of growing up on a farm with dozens of barn cats. It was just really, really cool on many levels. And we've been working to grow the program and take it into more facilities because sort of the wave of sheltering is to shelter outside of your walls and get as many pets out into community care as possible. And we see this as just a tremendous opportunity to not only save the most at-risk pets in our shelter, but enrich the lives of folks who are in care facilities. Yeah, I, I think that in the video, at least, it seemed like that there was kind of a bit of surprise at how much of a reaction the kittens really brought with the folks. It blew us away. It completely blew us away, and it blew away the families and the caretakers because all these memories came flooding back for the residents, and that was really special. So it just it touched something, you know, even if you have forgotten your name or you've, you've forgotten your spouse or all these other really tough things that these people are going through, like you never forget how to nurture a vulnerable baby creature. So that instinct of caretaking just kicked in. It thrilled the residents. I mean, think about it. If you were a resident in one of these communities, wouldn't you rather bottle feed a baby kitten than put together a puzzle? Yeah. Agreed. So, you know, <laughs> hands pretty, right up in the air. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's really, really special. And we've been contacted by shelters all over the country and even the world who want to do this. And we, we've been contacted by other local care facilities that want to do this. So we're hoping that we can really grow this program in the year to come. So Karen, if people are interested in watching that video or finding out more about Pima Animal Care Center, how would they do that? I recommend you look for us on Facebook. Just type in Pima Animal Care Center in the search bar or go to facebook.com slash Pima Animal Care. That's sort of where you can find the most up-to-date videos and stories and postings from, from Pima Animal Care Center. Excellent. And is there anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners today? Yes. I think that municipal shelters like ours, county shelters, city shelters, are often thought of as sad places or they're overlooked by donors or they're overlooked by volunteers. And if you're listening and you have a city shelter in your community or a county shelter, I just encourage you to go over there and see what kind of help they need. Offer to volunteer, offer to donate supplies for the pets, offer to help with a trap neuter return program. Uh, that's where you can really make a difference in your community is at those shelters that are never turning away a pet in need. Uh, that's where the pets need you. So please go help. I think that's that's fantastic. I, I, I do think that our municipal shelters are very much overlooked. We, we are, as you say, almost afraid to kind of check them out. And I think it's time that we get involved, we participate. It's public-private relationships and work together to improve the environment for all the animals that we have in our communities. Karen, I want to thank you again for agreeing to be a guest on my show, and I hope we'll have you on in the future, maybe with a training for the foster care program. That'd be wonderful. We'd, we'd love to come back. Thank you so much. The Community Cats podcast will soon be a year old with over 200 episodes profiling amazing people who are all making a difference in the lives of community cats. If you would like to support the show but not be a sponsor, feel free to contribute to our efforts by going to 
www.communitycatspodcast.com and follow the donate link. Help us to continue to provide excellent programming.